What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Team Chat Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Jarrett Wilson, joined by Rachel Mogan. How's it going? Pretty well. How about you? I'm doing all right. Awesome. Thank you for asking. Awesome. <laughs> and we're also joined through the power of the internet by our friend Christian Puente, a.k.a. Pixel Brave. How's it going, Christian? And there Hey, doing well, doing well. Really glad to be here. Awesome. I'm excited to talk Kingdom Hearts again. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we see that. So, spoiler, that's our big topic for today is just because... <laughs> oh, oh, no, you're good, <laughs> man. We, they see the title card already. Thanks they know the episode lot, title. But, uh, but anyway, so, you know, it's that's no big deal. But yeah, we're going to be talking about Kingdom Hearts, and I think this is going to be a very interesting thing. But uh, Christian, you know, he has talked about it a lot recently. But because he's a massive fan of the game, but we'll get to that in the game and the series. But we'll get to that in a, just a second. But for now, Team Chat Podcast is a video game show where we talk about games, the ones we love, the ones we hate, and everything in between. New episodes come out Tuesdays, 9 a.m. Central Time, and you can listen to those on podcast services around the World Wide Web, as well as other places like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, and others. You can also watch a video version of each episode on YouTube and Twitch. Links for all those things are in the description below. Also, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and we have a Discord channel. Again, links are in the description. And finally, we are a completely listener-supported show, so if you're loving what we are creating each and every week, head over to patreon.com slash teamchatpodcast, where for as little as a dollar a month, you can support the show, and in return, we'll give you a couple of cool perks, like getting the episodes early before their general Tuesday release, and access to a private channel on our Discord server, The Rogues Gallery. Indeed. Indeed. Nailed it. Thank you. You haven't nailed it in a while. I know. I was feeling good. And then I started getting nervous there at the end. And it was, then it was kind of getting started hard to breathe. And I was like, oh my God, I got to nail this perfect finish. But you, you still landing, awesome. as Thank they you. might say. Thank good you. job. on that one. But before we get into the moment with Mogan and all that, we wanted to let. No, we're not doing it yet. It's time for Christian to introduce himself and let everybody know who isn't familiar with him already who he is and, uh, and what he does. So, uh, well. My name is Christian, and I'm an event videographer. I've met uh, a lot of people, including you guys, like just through different online communities and, you know, sharing these different videos from the events that I attend to where we all, you know, get to hang out and stuff. And um, I'm very glad that, that, you know, these videos have caught you guys' eye and everybody else's eye, and people are enjoying these videos. And you can find videos like that um, anywhere on social media under the name Pixel Brave. Usually Twitter is where I'll post stuff like that, but... You know, anywhere you can find uh, Pixel Brave, either YouTube, uh, look out for videos where I'm just, you know, sharing the love or whatever uh, geek and pop culture events I'm able to attend and, you know, hopefully meet the fellow, you know, kindred souls and spirits that like geeking out and stuff. Awesome, man. That's awesome. And that's, uh, and that's how we got connected is through, uh, we're both what would they call kind of funny best friends. And so yeah. We, yeah. Uh, got, we actually met up the first time at a meet and greet, or at least we're in the same meet and greet uh, at Rooster Teeth 2015. The one that they had at, mm-hmm. at uh, Easy Tiger downtown, and then we connected on Twitter. Been go, we've gone, followed each other and stuff. But then Christian actually at the beginning of this year did something that was I considered fairly brave because it's something I've thought about doing myself, <laughs> but then never could quite pull the trigger on. You put out a video on your on your Twitter, basically asking to collaborate with people and to find people to work. And so that's when I, you know, reached out and said, "Hey, man, like let's figure out something to do and all that stuff." And so uh, this has been. I feel like. Something I've wanted to do for a while, but, you know, like I said, I was 
a little too chicken to pull the trigger first. It's a you know. unique skill to be the person who does the reaching out. I know. Absolutely. <laughs> and he's got it. He's got it. You might even say he's got the ability to connect to other people's hearts. Oh, <laughs> much like the game we'll right be talking about today. Much like the game we're about to talk about. But before we jump into that, we do have to do our moment with Mogan no. to find out what games are coming out soon and any other news and tidbits from the gaming industry world. So, out now, as of today, February 19th, we have Yakuza Kiwami coming out for PC. Coming very soon on the 22nd, we have Anthem for nice. PS4, Xbox One, and PC. And then just a quick recap of, in case you missed it, Civilization VI Gathering Storm did come out on February 14th, just in time for Valentine's Day. Mm-hmm. You also had over the weekend Crackdown 3 for Xbox One and PC, along with Metro Exodus for PS4, Xbox One, and PC as well. And finally, Far Cry New Dawn for PS4, Xbox One, and PC as well, all of which came out on the 15th. Boom, some big releases this month. I can't for remember. For real, and all at the same time. Yeah, it's a, it's a, big, it's a big month here at the end of February. But uh, I can't remember when we, when we met up a few weeks ago. Did we talk about if you were into, interested in Anthem at all? We might have talked about it. I mean, ever since just the announcement of Anthem, I think it's been something everybody's been kind of keeping their eye on, even right. if it's not you know traditionally what they'd even be into. Um, I finally saw for the first time like a GIF or image that finally sparked sparked my interest because usually I don't play shooters, let alone sci-fi shooters. I'm more of like interested in fantasy um, mm-hmm. kind of worlds, but this one because there's this kind of magical element to it. Kind of reminds me of that, and I saw that in one of these gifts and stuff, and so it's kind of piquing my interest a little bit. We'll see uh, if I can make time for it or something. But nice. I at least hope everybody else enjoys it. Yeah, because by the time this episode comes out, it's like two days away. Right. So actually, I have Close a quick question for you that I think maybe we haven't touched on quite yet in your intro. So aside from Kingdom Hearts, obviously, what are some of the other games you like to play? Um, well, first off, I don't play nearly as many games as people think. I usually, like, um, I made a tweet joke about this the other day about, like, I haven't beaten a game from beginning to end since Final Fantasy XV. Well, that um, was fairly I, recent. That was fairly recent. I, I start a lot of games, and when I do start a game, it's usually a JRPG. I really like the grind. I really like, you know, going off on an adventure, things like that. Anything with a storyline, especially anything with feels. Uh, or any, like you know, kind of an emotional resonance, which is a big reason why I'm really into Kingdom Hearts. Um, but you know, instead of going into vague terms, I can like name a few things. Like some of my favorite franchises are like the Dragon Quest series. Um, I was like dabbling in a, in a Final Fantasy game, even if I don't finish it or something like that. Um, those are just kind of a name of you. I will like dive into like some platformer shooters, kind of like Uncharted, because like those are just like so well done. How do you not at least get some enjoyment out of it? So those are kind of what I usually play. It's controversial JRPGs. statement there from Logan. She actually is like over not here a trying fan to not throw up onto the mic because I hate Uncharted so much. And that's fair enough. That's fair enough. Oh boy, uh, I actually had a question. Um, because of your name, Pixel Brave, are you a fan of the Bravely Default series? I am. I'm, oh, okay, so name, thank so God. Pixel, I wondered if that so, was because of or just sort of adjacent to that. I love the Bravely games so so that's, much. It's it's just a coincidence, and and that's another like um, that's another like asterisk thing. Like I haven't finished it yet, but I'm a very big fan of what I have played of Bravely Default, and, and that's I'm, perfectly I'm fine. I'm looking forward to finishing it so I can move on to the second one too. And I think they even got more coming out that are spinoffs and stuff that are announced or on the periphery. I don't know if we'll ever get them here, but they're definitely at least announced for over there in Japan. 
Right. Nice. So. Very cool. But. All right. It's time to move on to this. Uh, I don't know what to think about what's <laughs> going to happen here because this is so. the interesting thing about this. I have never played any of these games. Mogan has played, you've played what so I've far? played one and two. Caveat, much like what Pixel was saying earlier, I've played them. I've beaten neither of them on my own. <laughs> okay. And so I've seen other people play them through to completion, but usually at one point or another, I would get stuck on a boss and be like, you know what? Mm. I have a younger brother for this. I'm just going to watch <laughs> him beat the game. <laughs> so I adore the Kingdom Hearts series, but I have not played any of what I would consider to be the auxiliary games, which would primarily be the ones that came out for handhelds mm-hmm. uh, specifically. There are literally more than I think I even can name. Yeah. Uh, when I was watching the homework that I gave you for the what you need to know before you play Kingdom Hearts uh, video that we both watched on yeah. YouTube, a lot of the gameplay footage that they had spliced in for the game, I was like... I have no idea what game that's from. Right. Uh, so there's definitely information that I'm missing uh, that probably is crucial to the story. And I only have what I would consider to be the primary fragments of the whole. Nice. But then, Christian, you have played it how many? Have played not only the whole series, but like how many times have you played Kingdom Hearts 3 already? How many? So, so with the main. Uh, so with the series, I've at least played through each game once. Um, and then jumped into a few for uh, replaying, but don't always finish. But as far as Kingdom Hearts 3 so far, I've played it um, twice. Once in Japanese, and then I played it again with the English released. Um, through- what? And I'm about to play it a third time. I'm ready to boot it up. Because all these people, all these really great content creators have been like putting out a lot of really great tips about like, hey, if you do this thing, then you unlock this really great feature. And I'm like, wow, I want that. So I'm going to go back and play it now that I have all these great resources of how to... I don't want to say enjoy the game better, but enjoy it in a new kind of way that I did the first two times. Wow. Right on. So, quick question. Do you speak Japanese? Not fluently. I studied a few years in uh, college, and I still am self-teaching myself. Um, I forgot a lot of it, so I'm kind of reteaching myself. But I have maintained enough to where I can play the game and at least know where to go and when there's dialogue going on. I can make out... I'm being generous with this. I feel like I understand... Understanding and speaking is another thing. Absolutely. I don't feel like I can speak yeah. very well. Um, but as far as understanding what's going on, not only with whatever language I do understand, but like given the visual cues, I feel like I'm giving I'm understanding about eighty five percent of the context. Yeah, absolutely. And, That's extremely impressive. And, and I feel like and, especially with video games, it's such a good opportunity to brush up on those skills, especially with ones that you're like, what if they never make it to English? What if they never mm-hmm. make it to the West? So that's a skill that I would kill to have. <laughs> All right. It's been fun. <laughs> so if we look at this then, so basically then this, I'm feeling like this conversation is going to be between you two because and I'm just going to jump in where I have questions because The only thing I know about this is the 36-minute video that Mogan sent me today and said, hey, watch this so you at least have some idea. I sent it to you yesterday. (laughs) Okay, well, I watched it today. (laughs) Two days ago. (laughs) Two days ago. (laughs) Two days ago. I totally love questions about about the story, though. I I totally embrace, like, questions and... Yeah, yeah, once we get to the spoiler full section of the episode, we'll be able to really lay it on you. But because we do... I, I watched that video and I still have like a very little uh, idea I'm of what's curious, going on. Though, so you haven't played any of them at all, but like no. through maybe visiting friends or whatever, like have you 
seen some of it through gameplay. I'm Honestly, about no. Like YouTube I have seen like the the gameplay, like cutscene footage and stuff that was in this video that Mogan sent me. But really, no. I've, I'm. This is one that I literally have zero knowledge about. And this is why I'm so excited. So about I do this. actually think that this would be, kind of be a fun opportunity then, based on your somewhat very <laughs> limited exposure to Kingdom Hearts. Give us a summary so far. What do you think is happening? Okay. <laughs> What's the gist? What do you gather is the point of the games? There are like these. Basically, if I can try to sum it up in like one, two sentences. One to two sentences? Because this is how limited my knowledge is. Six minute video. (laughs) Basically, there's a group. This one, like Keyblade, was split into 21 pieces. Okay. 20 pieces. 13 darkness, seven Mm -hmm. light. So 21 was originally correct. Wait, is it? No. I'm so bad at math. It's 20. I'm bad at math, too. This is a bad combination right now. But uh, It would be 14 and 7. I'm so dumb. (laughs) I I mean, I had to think about it, too, so don't feel bad. But anyway, so there's the all those, and Mm -hmm. then the people of the light who have the light can wield keyblades. Right. Right on. Okay. You've got the... You're doing good. There are a bunch of characters, and they can have, like, different versions of themselves, a... Heartless? Yeah, you're doing great. A nobody. Nobody. Yeah, you're doing so <laughs> good. <laughs> and then there's like the world that never was and all these different kingdoms. But anyway, so there are these keyholes that are basically portals to other worlds and realms. You're doing so good. Okay. Yeah. All right. So okay, I've, but then there's I could not what I could not keep up with was which characters were alive and whose hearts they body they were in, but then regenerated <laughs> inside another person. So I got lost there. That is perfectly you, you okay. You are literally quoting scenes from Kingdom Hearts three. All right. right. Now. Well, that makes when you me say, feel better. Yeah. When you say, "Wait, I don't get it. Who's in whose heart and why? And who's that's literally." Like that's, that's fifty percent of Sora's total lines. It's like wait, because I, don't I saw get he it. doesn't have a memory anymore. He was all just like, "Hey, I'm in this magic tower with yay some Yen Sid. It's Yen Disney Sid. backwards, you fool!" Oh, <laughs> ah, right, so clever. clever. I know. That's Those like the same reaction bastards. I had when I figured out Alucard was Dracula backwards. But you know, whatever. Here we are. Wow, Jared, come on. I figured that out a long time ago. I was much younger. Yeah, so you definitely have the gist. Okay. So uh, enough to get started. Enough to get started, which is saying something, Um, especially with the scope of ambition that Square was trying to originally accomplish with the Kingdom Hearts series. It's a very it's a very tall order to expect that they would be able to tie up every last thread perfectly. Right. And I have not finished Kingdom Hearts three yet. I'm not entirely confident at this point that all of the threads that have been left um, sort of unfinished by at least Kingdom Hearts two are going to be fully realized. But that's what we have an expert for. Exactly. That's what (laughs) PB is here for. So going off of what Jarrett just told us with his super well done. Thank you. uh, And very, very impressive um, summary of kind of what Kingdom Hearts has been up until now. What's your perspective on what the story has been thus far and what you expected out of Kingdom Hearts 3? Well, quick thing. I just want to, before we jump into this, I just want to remind everybody, in case this is your first time listening to the show, we're going to do this first bit of the of our review, or first impressions in Mogan's case, and 
Kingdom Hearts 101 for me. We're basically going to we're going to start off the first part of this is going to be spoiler free. We're going to be talking about like how the game Kingdom Hearts 3 relates to others in the series. Um, you know, high level story points or how like early points of the game mechanics and different things like that that each of them like yeah. about the so, game. Then we'll jump blocks. into the spoiler the spoilers zone where they'll talk about anything and everything and I'll ask my questions exactly. and my dumb questions and my smart questions trying to understand this game. But for the building blocks of leading up to Kingdom Hearts 3, there definitely will be spoiler-full talk yeah. of Kingdom Hearts 1 and 2 because right. uh, that they were literally decades ago. Mm-hmm. A lot happened in those games <laughs> and you really can't have any meaningful conversation about the value of Kingdom Hearts 3 without explaining sort of what happened in the past. Right. So... Let us begin. Let us begin. So, Take it away. <laughs> quick summary. Pixel, you want to take it away? What happened in Kingdom Hearts 1 and 2 and everything in between to get us caught up to speed? So we're doing the summary? Kind we're of a doing story the summary? briefest doing the summary. summary you can manage. Oh, man. Okay. Yeah. How so, many more keep... sentences do you think you need than Jarrett? I'm just kidding. You go right ahead. <laughs> Thanks. Much time. I usually keep it pretty short and simple. There's lots of stuff that people... And I'm kind of like... This is kind of my... my what is my prologue before the story? Actually, just like given context that like I think a lot of people when they mess up the storytelling of this, if I want to make a comparison to Old Republic, I mean to to Star Wars, like if you want to retell Star Wars, start with Luke. There was once a kid named Luke. He wanted more in life. He got into an adventure and this and that. Mm-hmm. But the way people usually tell Kingdom Hearts story, they always start at the beginning of the chronology. And that's like if someone said, hey, tell me about Star Wars. And I said, well, thousands of years ago in the old Republic, right. that was like, I was like, why? Why are you doing this? <laughs> so uh, I usually tell Kingdom Hearts the story in the order the game releases. And sometimes I even get a few turned around, but more or less I keep it in the, the release. So that's kind of what the approach I'll be going with right now. Okay. So the Kingdom, Kingdom Hearts is the story of Sora. It will always be the, the story of Sora. And... Um, it starts off with him and his two best friends. They're on an island that they play with, and they're talking about this adventure they're going to go on. They're going to go see the worlds out there, but um, little do they know behind the scenes that someone by the name of Ansem is spreading darkness throughout the world. And so through different events, Sora combats that darkness and then protects the worlds, um, but is ultimately uh, still separated from his two best friends, which he's been trying to reconnect with throughout this whole uh, journey and so that's kind of how Kingdom Hearts 1 is left he's 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 fought the darkness come overcome it but is still separated from his friends so we're assuming in later stories he will keep looking for them uh, that takes us in a chain of memories on his journey he comes upon a, a castle inhabited by an organization and as he scales the castle to try to find who he thinks will be his friends he just, all he's told is that you'll find what you're looking for at the top of this castle you know, he assumes it must be his friends Riku and Kairi. Um, but as he scales the, the, the tower, um, excuse me, the, the castle, he starts losing his memories, which is all part of the organization's plan. All the while, Riku, his friend who's been looking for, is also going through the basement levels, also trying to find who he's lost. Um, at the end, uh, both Riku and Sora separately, you know, one's in the top levels, one at the bottom levels, they are able to uh, overcome the inhabitants, this organization member, and... Um, kind of continue looking for the people they've lost. Sora has come out a bit stronger, but the result of him overcoming this organization is losing all memories of even what happened there um, in order to, you know, progress with his story. And Riku, though, came out stronger, having overcome the darkness that had been growing inside him. He, you know, was not 
uh, as pure as Sora, Pure always fights on the side of light when Riku usually dabbles in darkness. And then we'll pick up in Kingdom Hearts 2. Um, Sora, in order to, as I mentioned, he, he, he lost a bunch of his memories in the Castle Oblivion, which is what the name of the castle was. And so Kingdom Hearts uh, starts with Sora in a coma, uh, kind of. He's in a deep sleep, recovering and having his memories rebuilt by um, someone who was... Um, Kind of being also held captive by the organization and was, uh, I'm I'm super going over a lot of things here. Anyone? This is honestly making way more sense to me though than the video. I'm I trying yeah, to make it's this already as really good. This is great. Possible. There's so many people probably thinking like, why are you skipping over all this important stuff? And that's because, like I said, I'm trying to get just because the, it would take us 36 potatoes, whole minutes you know? to discuss the other stuff. Right. <laughs> um, Kingdom Hearts two. Uh, Sora has his memories put back together and so now he's woken up to find out there's a new menace out there disturbing the world and so he needs to go defeat this uh this uh new enemy um he does finally through his adventures reconnect with the friends he had lost Kairi and riku and uh the three overcome you know the uh, new enemies known as the nobodies which is uh, that same organization that we'd met in Castle Oblivion, but now we are seeing them kind of in full force, whereas in the Chain of Memories, it was just a few of them. And um, yeah, they're able to come. They're able. They're able to overcome uh, these villains led by a man named Zeminus, who is actually the kind of uh, layman terms uh, like the mirror reflection of Ansem, who was the villain in Kingdom Hearts One. Uh, turns out uh, through different uh, story plots that. Both Ansem, the boss of uh, Kingdom Hearts 1, and Xemnas, the boss of Kingdom Hearts 2, are both halves of a whole man named Xehanort. That's where things are going to get started getting really weird. Okay, okay. Um, I'm still on board so far. I'm still with you. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's take a pause with the story, though. We're going to rewind time, actually, and uh, go back to that time when Sora was going through Castle Oblivion. There's this whole other side story going on where you find out that, uh, much like Xemnas is a mirror of... Ansem, there's a mirror person out there that's a, a reflection of Sora named Roxas. And uh, there's lots of details about Roxas and how he came about to be someone who's in another way, another version of Sora. You mentioned, yeah, there's different versions of people. So yeah, that's the first other version we meet of Sora. That's uh, Roxas. And you find out all about Roxas and, you know, the time he spent in the organization before he left it. And um, that's important because in general... Kingdom Hearts is about the connections we make, whether we know about them or not, and uh, this is just goes to show there's this whole other story that's connected to Sora, and he doesn't even know about it. That's just one of the many strands going on that we're going to try to tackle here. <laughs> and then, uh, so yeah, 358 Days Over 2 is the name of that game that takes place parallel to Chain of Memories, and uh, I'm not sure how much time to spend on that because it's kind of a side story, but it's a very heartful an emotional story. That's everything like about Kingdom Hearts is heartful. One hundred percent. It looks like everything is like emotionally fueled in this <laughs> oh, game. Like yeah, every it, scene it is, is going to give you a different feel. There is no game series more invested in friendship than Kingdom Hearts <laughs> to the nth degree. It's fantastic. Nice. And then, um, so after we've learned about Roxas and his whole story about uh, his time with the organization. Um, who were the bad guys. So it's interesting. We're seeing this good guy who doesn't realize he's part of a bad crowd until the end of the game. And um, it turns out that him uh, deciding to... 
I'm gonna I'm gonna just table that because I'm gonna start getting to the weeds if I do that. So I've I've told the kind of little bits of three five eight. We're gonna rewind time a bit back more. Okay. Ten years behind. Ten years before Kingdom Hearts one. Uh, I mentioned Xehanort, the person that would eventually become split into Ansem and Xemnas. You know, mm-hmm. back in the day, ten years before, he was actually a Keyblade Master. There were a lot more Keyblade Masters back then. And um, in Birth by Sleep, the game takes place uh, 10 years before Kingdom Hearts 1. We find out about Xehanort's the first time he tried um, unleashing his evil plans upon the world. And um, during that time, there we, we follow the story of three Keyblade wielders in training and um, how they are all three manipulated, separated, and all meet very tragic ends oh, no. uh, at that game. Because Xehanort is just so evil and so good at just causing trauma to just hopeful people who just want to have happy lives. And that game ends with a very um, hopeful scene that maybe Sora just might be the person to save these three who have suffered so many years ago. Um, We're going to kind of catch up to the past. Um, After Kingdom Hearts 2, by the way, there was uh, when everybody's saying, hey, we've saved the world, let's live our happy lives. They ended up getting a message in a bottle from... King Mickey, who's king of all the Disney worlds, and we never know what's in that bottle until the game Recoded, which is uh, just a game that a lot of people dismissed, but if I want to give you the bits and pieces of it, basically, um, there is a hidden message left for Sora saying, hey, in case you didn't know, there are these three kids, and uh, Xehanort messed them all up, so... If you're not too busy, could you kind of save them? <laughs> you know, it would really mean a lot. You've saved the world twice. How about we save these three guys? Because, you know, we really could use their help. Because it turns out that after you defeated Ansem in Kingdom Hearts 1 and Xemnas in Kingdom Hearts 2, they reunited to become one whole Xehanort all over again. That okay. evil guy that messed things up so bad 10 years ago. So He Voldemorted. Um, ah. Yeah. He used all of his horcruxes to bring himself back together, and now he's back, baby. Got it. Right. Got it. Okay. Okay. I'm on board still. I'm with you. So, yeah. So, so Coded's like, hey, Sora, we really need your help. So would you come take a little exam, the Mark of Mastery? That way we can make you a full-fledged, you know, Keyblade Master. And uh, that's what takes into the next game, Dream Drop Distance, which is all about Sora and Riku, who are both now, you know, they've sometimes been on opposite ends of the fight. They've been on the same side and different things. But now they're both, you know, taking this test together to both prove themselves as masters to unlock new powers that will help them in the fight against Xehanort. Hmm. Um, and that's Dream Drop Distance. You end up finding things are getting way more complicated and that uh, Xehanort has returned and he has a new goal. Uh, well, I mean, his goal has always been to get to unlock Kingdom Hearts. And whether it's been through... His uh, his Ansem form or his Xemnas form or his original form 10 years ago. Anytime you see someone out there causing mischief, they're trying to get Kingdom Hearts, which is, you know, the source of all light and power, things like that. Mm-hmm. And um, his latest attempt to unlock Kingdom Hearts is uh, by hitch, uh, not hitchhiking, by, uh, what do you call it? Hijacking. Hijacking Sora's test and manipulating him into falling into okay. darkness. I remember that from the video. Darkness, in case you didn't know, not a very good thing. Um, but, uh, luckily, um, through several events, Riku's able to save Sora from falling into darkness and, um, Riku comes out as a master. He's a Keyblade master. Congratulations. Gets a diploma, walks off the stage, throws a hat, but Sora (laughs) is not. Sora, unfortunately, came pretty close to being taken over. So it's like, hey, 
you need to go get a little stronger before you can fight. And that's what leads us into Kingdom Hearts 3. Alrighty. Cool. An excellent, succinct, trim all the non-necessary fat summary. I, I mean, that honestly, <laughs> that, that makes so much more sense to me than the, than the video I watched. And that actually they were like helped, naming names and jumping yeah, all over the place. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Like, that really I'm, helped I'm line lost. up the sequence of, of events from the actual games for me, which is something that I'm like, now what happened in Recoded? Okay. What's Dream Drop Distance now? <laughs> I didn't realize there were so many auxiliary games. Oh, yeah, that's what I was saying, is that I've only played two, and yeah. they're not even the auxiliary games, and a lot happened in those games. That's crazy. But that does indeed bring us up to speed more or less with what's going to transpire then in Kingdom Hearts 3. So that and is of course, indeed... I, I did skip over a lot. There's a lot of really yeah. great characters. Yeah, that, I, I gathered that. Twists and turns. Um, all I gave there was just the, the sampler. The sampler the to bullet get you points. guys, anyone listening, maybe feel like, you know what? I kind of followed along. Maybe if I play the game, you know, I can get everything else that, that fits there in between. Absolutely. But, so in terms of the non-spoiler... Uh, discussion then about kingdom hearts 3 let's talk about the actual gameplay okay so kingdom hearts 3 is of course coming out 10 years question mark after kingdom hearts 2 kingdom hearts 2 came out for the playstation 2 uh many moons ago and maybe the xbox one i actually don't remember if it was the for original xbox, xbox at the time yeah i think right yeah no, you're right the they xbox didn't, one they didn't even call it xbox one back then right. it was just, just xbox, xbox. <laughs> i'm actually not sure so. if that was the correct gen wouldn't it have been xbox 360 well, Kingdom Hearts th- has never showed up on uh, Xbox until 3. There oh, we okay. go. Okay. That was the answer I was looking there for because I couldn't remember. <laughs> He's got the I never owned an Xbox. I wouldn't know. <laughs> 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 so think of PS2 era in terms of technical specs and sheer ability of what the technology can accomplish versus what the PlayStation 4 can do. I wouldn't know personally because I didn't bother to flush my time and soul down the drain, but compare Uncharted 1 to Uncharted 4, (laughs) and that gives you a general idea of what is at least uh, graphically and, I don't know how else to say it, powerfully possible uh, in terms of the processor that the game can accomplish. So my very first impression of the game when I booted it up, went through the initial cutscene, which I skipped because I was like, I don't know what's happening. Just take me to the start screen immediately. <laughs> it was very confusing. I was like, there's a lot of colors happening. Was it happening. trying to give a recap right. in that? I don't know. Oh, <laughs> I so it. I can answer that. Okay. <laughs> so when you start the game, there is a, uh, a menu trailer. You know, when you don't touch the control and it starts playing something, it will give you a recap of all the games and it hits most of the important events. So if you had never played anything and wanted to start Kingdom Hearts 3, you could technically watch through that menu trailer a few times and kind of be like, oh, okay, I can yeah. visually kind of see what's going on here. Okay. And maybe but, for uh, people by that... By the way, have... the game does come with a, uh, a feature called Memory Archive. Yes! Which is a kind of a very, a very short retelling. I think it's a five-part retelling of the series. Okay. It's not my favorite summary, but I think, you know, if you have nothing else to work with, it's not a bad place to start. Yeah, That's and a I, ni- that is a nice feature, I especially because of the gap to touch between on that. two and three. Absolutely. I mean, even if you are a dedicated fan of the series, but the only ones you've played are one and two, having any type of built-in recap within the game itself, that's a fantastic feature. Right. Especially because being a sequel and being the final installment in a trilogy, per se, uh, Kingdom Hearts 3 has a lot of story to be falling back on, and you can't 
brush that all under the rug and solely rely on the technical aspects of the game. Mm. However, that being said, I think it's a really smooth gameplay experience. Um, Mm. I will say that what I personally have played so far, I think I'm about four to five Disney worlds into Kingdom Hearts 3. Yeah, I made a lot of progress. I was like, I'm going to sit down on my exercise ball (laughs) and go nowhere (laughs) this weekend. (laughs) That's exactly what I did. Sounds like a great weekend. It was okay. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> so in terms of gameplay time, I think I've put at least 10 to 12 hours into it. There were at least a handful of scenes, like cutscenes, that I genuinely did skip. Most of them centering around the Disney story aspects mm-hmm. that I already mm. knew. So I was thinking, yeah. I don't really need this. I've seen the movie. I've seen Tangled five times. I don't need the story recap. Uh, so in terms of what I actually experienced playing the game and how it handles, it feels fantastic. Uh, getting started I will say probably in the span of the first two worlds uh, the game kind of throws a lot of gameplay aspects at you in what I felt was a fairly quick succession so of course it's in a certain sense, a button masher. I, I, I use so that. That's what, that's what I was going to ask. Is it the from what I feel like I maybe have seen from commercials and different things like that? Is it similar in style to like Ratchet and Clank? No, no? and and I use okay. that term button masher very lightly because it's only a button masher if you're bad at it. So if you actually bother to learn more of the aspects of the gameplay and really tweak your character abilities to your liking, and I learned this the hard way through, hey, using shortcuts for magic is actually a big deal. Mm. I should have been (laughs) doing this the whole time, and now I feel really stupid for having not done it. So the idea is that, and I'm going to be using this example entirely based on the setup of the PlayStation controller. Sorry, Xbox users. (laughs) Uh, so with the PlayStation controller, let's say that Sora's basic attacks are all fueled on the X button. Okay. So if I look at an enemy, it does have a loose auto-lock um, system. So if I'm facing any type of enemy, like I'm facing Fender right now, let's say I'm about to attack <laughs> him, <laughs> it'll kind of hover an orangish cursor over him, and if I attack him, I'll stay locked onto him throughout my entire sequence. However, if my game, if my brief battle sequence kind of ends and another enemy comes into my line of sight that takes precedence over that other one, I will re-auto lock to the nearest enemy and keep going from there. However, I can hit R1 at any time to actually lock on to an enemy so I only attack them no matter how near or far they are. So Wherever you are, my would, heart will go on. <laughs> okay, continue. <laughs> would, um... Would that then correlate maybe closer? I'm just trying to relate it to a game I've played. Um, that sounds something similar to Bayonetta. I know Bayonetta's super combo maybe. heavy and like, but still, and how like there are enemies that are coming at you and maybe. Christian, if you've if you've played some, something, I don't know. I'm just I'm just trying I to mean, imagine in my head, but I, I don't want to spend too much time on this. Because I know this I know doesn't help you personally very much, but I think the most similar game that I could could equate it to or series of games would be the more recent Final Fantasy games, which okay. are based okay. on the real time yeah. combat. I have seen system. a lot of that because my buddy Michael, yeah, uh, when he was living with us for a little bit, he was playing. That's when he was playing that. Yes. And so okay, okay. So I know, that's I know what that is. Definitely more of a closer equation where the really interesting interesting and fun aspects come in uh, at least for me these could have been in kingdom hearts 2 and i was just too stupid to realize it <laughs> i was really bad at games back in ye olden times uh is using the magic system
system effectively. So part of all of Sora's abilities are he has his keyblade. If you mash the X button, you will do automatic combos. Okay. It's really fun and it feels great. Doing any type of combo, ground combo, aerial combo on any enemies mm. or numbers of enemies, it's always fun every time i never got tired of it but learning how to then accurately layer that onto using your magic pre-setting shortcuts to be like okay if i hold down one and i mash the circle button in my case to match that to the fire magic ability that knocks a shit ton of life off of certain enemies and you're Mm -hmm. like oh my god i could really be helping myself a lot more right now if i were using this and that's not even counting what i don't know what the game calls them i kind of skipped over a lot of the tutorial and just kind of figured out stuff by mashing buttons i'm not gonna lie i know i'm probably breaking his heart but there are all kinds i'm doing my best to accurately convey what i played uh but a big part of the game that is super fun for me are these uh special moves these combo moves that you can do in conjunction with the other people on your squad so of course sora is perennially linked to his bestest pals in the whole wide world donald and goofy so (laughs) respectively goofy is kind of like your tank per se i think he has more health he doesn't have a lot of magic but his strength is really high and then you have donald who has a ton of mp not that much health not that much strength but he's your magic caster he's not supposed to have those things right so they help you in all of your battles you do not control them directly they work completely independent of you you can tweak them a little bit from the main menu you can give them different equipment kind of make them do different things i never bothered to make them any different than what they currently were except for maybe their equipment because i was like that's too much stuff i've only got three days on this rental (laughs) i can't be bothering with this uh but they are your helpers and primarily their relationship to Sora, aka me in game, mm-hmm. was please heal me. I have no <laughs> health and I really need you to heal me right now because I am not going to use potions. I don't know how. It's the middle of battle. Yeah. Just please do it for me. But let's say, for example, that it's you, Donald, and Goofy, and you're all in a battle. And you get a certain number of hits on any type of enemy. You're basically just building power, Mm -hmm. sort of. Uh, You might then earn, I suppose, a special ability, which is, let's say, pirate ship. If I then smash the triangle button when it comes up on the the command list to Mm -hmm. say pirate ship, it brings up this fantastic example of multi-level marketing that I have ever seen in my life. (laughs) It's amazing. So a ton of your special abilities, as layered with Donald and Goofy specifically, some uh-huh. of the others aren't quite so obvious. Are they all kind of based on like Disney rides? And it's okay. like, oh my god, this is so smart for like Disney marketing. I right. totally get why they did it. And they also uh, serve a function of the game. So let's say I trigger Pirate Ship. This really fun cutscene comes up, and it's bright and colorful and very powerful in your face. And this magical pirate ship made totally of lights shows up, and you basically just swing around and mash X and damage a bunch of stuff. And then when the special timer basically runs out, you get a finishing move and it does its spiel, whatever it is, and you do, bam, a ton of damage to everything that's in the radius of the special move. The same thing applies to what appears to be Splash Mountain. The same thing applies to a carousel. Uh, The same thing applies to the teacups. They put the teacups in the game. The teacups teacups are so fun. So Mm -hmm. I was just... 
I, I don't remember it being in Kingdom Hearts 1 or 2, mm-hmm. and I was so charmed by it in this game, even though it clearly is super well done marketing right i can't i can't fault him for that it's really nice uh so that's a little bit of my personal hands-on experience with it okay so christian how how about you having played the other games in the series so extensively how does it how does it stack up i think it took a lot of like the best parts of each game because uh the fun thing about well, I say fun. A lot of people might not say fun, but like the cool thing for me, in my opinion, anyways, of Kingdom Hearts getting to show up on different consoles, whether it's like uh, you know home consoles or handhelds, is that different technologies sometimes offer unique kinds of gameplay or innovations in what the command style or fight style will be. And yeah, I think they took like all the favorite parts from the different games and just like really finely tuned them for Kingdom Hearts three. Um, it's like really um you were mentioning before that in the when you played the one and two you didn't do a lot of like you just kind of mainly fought like kind of hack and slash right like you didn't do a lot of like getting to the nitty-gritty and i honestly didn't do i honestly didn't do that either um i would watch like some of my friends they, they'll post their 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 let's plays of the game and like they would do all these different uh tricks and combos and things and and it's kind of like in a fighting game when people would know how to tell like oh the the enemy did this thing so that means i know like what's gonna happen next like there's so much nitty-gritty to it but i really wasn't so much involved with that usually i just played whatever and didn't do summons i didn't usually do any special moves things like that but in kingdom hearts 3 all those things are so much more accessible that like it's almost a no-brainer it's, it's really intuitive i think these things that in past games i was like wait so how do i do that again this one it's like a, just assume it's a lot easier there's an easier barrier to entry with those special moves and things like that so mm-hmm. the game yeah if i wanted i could just like you know crash x the whole time and just like power through but it's really great that these other mechanics are in there because they make what's already a fun pretty they, they make what's already a fun hack and slash even much more stylized and like really beautiful to look at with like these beautiful particle effects and, awesome. and animations and stuff so it's been a lot of fun not only to watch but to play and, and to try out these different things that i usually didn't make the time for in the past entries so then what would you say then how does it rank i guess to the other games in the series as far as gameplay, it's my favorite because, um, like I said, it's really fine-tuned. All those other uh, the other mechanics. There's one. There's a few gameplay mechanics that are missing, but I can see like how they, you know, were evolved from past games that I kind of missed. But mm-hmm. at the same time, it's like I'm still having a lot of fun with it. Um, I feel like I can describe this pretty well. But like um, in Birth of My Sleep, had one of my favorite combat systems where you would start fighting and every and then through a combo, if you threw in a magic move, like, say, fire, then that would unlock a special new set of commands all fire-based, you know? Okay. Or if you were fighting and then introduced an ice spell, then now you would unlock an ice kind of uh, combat system. Now, and and I really liked that. I, it felt more like a, like more strategic. Like, all right, put in these hits, have my spell ready, make sure it's good to go. Like, I like that strategy to it. And um, it's still kind of there, but it's different. Now you can still kind of have different uh command style changes but it's all based off the weapon you have now usually you would have a weapon uh, a keyblade i don't know why i keep i don't know i'm trying to be super spoiler free guess what guys it's called the keyblade it's fine that's a pretty it's pretty standard thing in king hearts (laughs) but uh 
now you change your fight style by changing the Keyblade, um, which has been made much more easier. Um, like I said, usually if you want to change your Keyblade, you pause, go into the menu, and sometimes if you're in the middle of combat, you can't go into the menu, you have to just do a regular pause. But now, just hitting left and right on the pad, on the command... Uh, D-pad. D-pad, now you can just change Yeah, your and with the flip that's of a one of the best things that I've found about the game is that you can equip Sora with at least for me, three keyblades key yeah, yeah, at a time, it and it's not like he's holding all three right, of them, like he in only his, in his yeah, he only has, in his backpack his magic backpack, yeah. there we go but yeah, if you just tab left and right on the D-pad, you can just switch between your keyblades at will like between moves on enemies, it's really oh, cool. easy to do, it feels really nice in game and it enables you to rapidly adjust your strategy if you're like why am i doing these dudes no damage oh yeah i'm trying to hack at them with my magic keyblade mm-hmm. of course that's not gonna work i need to readjust my strategy so question then what are what and i'm assuming this is like a typical rpg element in these games you can have different keyblades what are the, what like what are the differences between the keyblades it uh, pixel may be able to expand on this more but i've found yeah, that yeah. they tend to be just kind of like balanced versus more geared towards magic versus more geared towards okay. strength. Okay. I could be wrong about that. I mean, that's not a bad way to put it. I usually compare it to any RPG, whether you're playing Final Fantasy, Dragon Quest, whatever have you. As you progress through different worlds or towns or whatever, you unlock, you start from the wooden sword, go to a broad sword, go to the legendary sword. Right. It kind of works the same way. Every new world you visit introduces a new weapon that's themed around that weapon and usually the further you get in the story you know obviously whatever keyblade you pick up in the third world would be a bit more stronger in magic and physical attack versus whatever you had at the beginning um but now the new kind of caveat or whatever is that now not only are you looking at the difference in the magic and the physical attack but you're also seeing what new command style will that keyblade unlock Okay. Cool. There's also an entire subset of, uh, I suppose, gameplay features mm-hmm. um, that I think are really fun for me personally because I love this kind of thing in RPGs specifically. Uh, is that when you are going around the world and just beating up random crates, when you're defeating enemies, they have drops, of course, they give you materials. Right. And part of the system of making yourself bigger and better is that you can use the synthesis, uh, which the game has in the main menu, uh, to up. Upgrade your keyblades. So Hmm. even if you get bigger and better keyblades later on in the game, if you really liked the one that you got in World 2, you can just upgrade it. And presuming that you have the materials to continue those upgrades, you can still make sure that you're scaling those weapons up to the end game as opposed to halving or feeling like you're being forced to move on from them if you really like their play style, Hmm. which I found fantastic because, not going to lie, OG Kingdom Keyblade, I love it. Might be my favorite one because it's like I don't need all those fancy flashes. Just give me the old. Just faithful. give me the good old faithful Keyblade, exactly. Okay, so how are we doing in terms of spoiler-free? Ready to jump into spoilers? Like what? Anything else in the spoiler-free territory um, we want to really jump on? I'm just going to give two little anecdotes based off where that last thing we said about. So funny you mentioned about how there's the feature of upgrading the Keyblades. I. 
was just so focused on the story that I totally missed that both times. Oh my god! That's what I, it's the best that's what feature. I, <laughs> Not the best feature. That's an exaggeration, <laughs> but I really liked it from myself because I was like, I don't like the other Keyblade that I just mm-hmm. got from Blank World. Spoilers. I want to yeah. use this one that I got in the very beginning, so I just kept upgrading it so that I could actually not have to use any of the new ones. Mm-hmm. I'm old and Which I don't like Which is kind of like change. what I said at the beginning, how like this next third like playthrough, I'm really going to be happy to finally really get into the nitty gritty on some of those features because I don't know how I missed both times. Well, I can understand the first time. I probably just didn't read it right and understand, but even right. during my second time during the English, for some reason I didn't notice that you could level up your Keyblade, so I actually just did... You know, whenever I entered a new world, just start adopting that Keyblade. Um, so, that yeah, so that's, like, another thing I'm really looking forward to trying in this next uh, playthrough is, like, really leveling up and, and synthesizing my Keyblade. Um, that said, there's this kind of funny thing that I ended up doing during my playthrough the first time around was that, so, um, the great thing about Kingdom Hearts Always Done is that, like, kind of props to it is this weird attention to detail where whatever keyblade you're using in combat or traversing the world that is the same keyblade Sora will be holding when there's a cutscene going on and mm-hmm. that's always cool like, that is fun kind of it doesn't uh break the illusion it's like you know it's kind of seems seem more seamless like mm-hmm. you enter a boss battle and there's a cutscene and you're holding that that special keyblade that you had from that world but sometimes it can be very silly um you know this is a game that you know it's you know kind of for you know, lighthearted. There's yeah, some drama and stuff, but it's also supposed to be very lighthearted. So you have very fun keyblades, and like very early in the game, there was a very dramatic moment, and um, and Sora's holding the Toy Story keyblade, and I was like, <laughs> this doesn't seem right. So, <laughs> it's really um the what's it called the contrast is really startling when you roll up to like a world of darkness and shadows and it's this very intense scene and Mm. you're standing there with your toy keyblade and you're like (laughs) we're gonna take you down and it's like are we because it feels Mm, like we're not really intimidating them with our current loadout (laughs) that's awesome so so weird i think the final question i have then unless you were you had something else to yeah ask. so that was kind of just the setup for this weird quirk that i had during my playthrough was that i that it, it was jarring for me and i was like i was recording gameplay of of the footage of the, I, was, I was recording my gameplay and the cutscenes and all that stuff and i wanted in the cutscenes for sword to be holding the kingdom key because it's classic it's not distracting it's you know it's the final journey so far anyways and so i went really I just think it's very appropriate for Sora to have the Kingdom Key, the classic Kingdom Key. So you can have three Keyblades. I always had two strong ones and then the Kingdom Key, which, again, I did not realize I could level it up. <laughs> and so it would always be – I would be in a boss battle. And some of these boss battles are really tricky, you know. And I would wait till he's almost out of health and then I'd switch over to the Kingdom Key. Oh, but sometimes – all it take was me switching my keyblade over for them to get the upper hand a bit, and I had a very a lot of very close calls, which I was like, I can't believe I put myself through this, like <laughs> almost dying at the final boss. Like it's art, man. You just, gotta get that just because I want to look good. Just I, I do the- really appreciate that investment in like the artistic <laughs> view, though. I love that. That's commitment, man. And that actually, so in in talking about all that, that did bring up one more technical aspect that I want to mention, just because I've been having a lot of fun with it, which is that Kingdom Hearts 3 does have a fantastic variety of what I would consider side quests and minigames. 
Okay. Uh, you have, it's hilarious to see now in like 2019, Sora upgraded to like a smartphone. <laughs> it's really <laughs> fascinating. It's like, oh, look, he's with the times he's now. Up, you, know, you might even call it an iPad because it's the size of his whole head. Mm. <laughs> but he's basically got this smartphone that has unlocked all of these little mini games that you mm-hmm. can play just like you play on your actual phone. Oh, like, cool. hey, I don't want to go fight the bad guys. I want to sit here and yeah. play my literal mini games to the broader game. There's also a fantastic system of, I guess you would call it like a scavenger hunt, which is the cooking system that you can take to Remy the Rat from Ratatouille and nice. you can give him ingredients and you get to cook stuff. And it's actually really fun. fun. And I was like, oh my God, this is great. I love this. So in addition to some really nice and tight uh, battle gameplay, there's also a whole host of things that can keep people busy on the sides. Mm-hmm. And that's really all I wanted to say about that because I've been really liking it. Okay. So I want to jump into the spoiler for stuff uh, pretty quick, but I just had one question that I want to kind of keep brief so we can spend a little bit more time in the spoiler stuff. Um, mm-hmm. So the, I guess my whole confusion as before today was not understanding then how this series connected with Disney. And I know because in my head, you know, everybody before, before Avengers, um, the last one came out, infinity war, uh, came out. Everybody was like, it's the most, ambitious crossover of all time and i'm like no that's kingdom hearts you for me idiots, I, you know, it's, it's kingdom like, hearts <laughs> because that seems to be so much more of a ordeal but so i get it from the video and from what we've said that it seems that like the disney world are just part of these different worlds that you can go to through your the key portals so mm. i thought though that the that there was more of a heavier disney influence in the, the first two other than it being more centered around uh mickey Minnie, daffy not Daffy, Donald, wrong <laughs> cartoon Same <duck>. thing. <laughs> <laughs> Donald and Goofy with some other, you know, villains and things scattered in like Sal Maleficent was a big key. Pete from Goofy's Nemesis, mm-hmm. I guess, is a bit, another big one in there. So is, and so in this one, then all the worlds that they visit just so happened to be Disney themed worlds. Is that correct? So here's actually a really interesting distinction in kingdom hearts three that I don't think was in any of the previous ones. Uh, KH three is the first time that square has been able to partner with both Disney and Pixar Mm -hmm. because Disney acquired Pixar. And it's actually really interesting to see this happen in real time. And it's something that I kind of noticed, but didn't quite put the key pieces together of until I read an article about it can't remember the article right now sorry everybody it's probably on ign uh but the gist was somebody some hero among men and women uh reached out to square to discuss what was it like working with disney Mm -hmm. and one of the most fascinating parts of that article that i found was that a square seemed to actually really enjoy working with disney even when it got down to the nitty-gritty it was very precise we'll say but something even more interesting was that was they pointed out the differences in working with the teams from disney versus working from the teams with pixar and the best example i can give of this is actually kind of spoilery so tune out if you don't want to hear this the two best examples i can provide based on what i've played so far are let's take the toy story level versus the frozen level this is oh no the tangled level excuse me this is just for example so in the tangled level it's of course based on the rapunzel disney movie Mm -hmm. 
you could say, not you could say, Sora, Donald, and Goofy are launched into the kingdom of Corona right smack on top of the movie. They are there from the beginning of the movie through what is the end of the movie. And their entire level takes place right in concurrence with the movie as a whole. Okay. Juxtapose that with the Toy Story level, which is not in any way, shape, or form like that. And that's because Pixar said, no. Square, you cannot take our game and put your stuff into what is essentially our movie. You have to make your own separate thing kind of based around our thing. Okay. Whereas Disney was like, you can use our thing, but it has to be very, very exact to what we want you to do. Right. So that's why, for example, you get the level like the Toy Story level, which canonically, air quotes, takes place approximately between movies two and three, but in its own separate capsule. It's a completely separate story of what any of the Toy Story movies were versus the Tangled level, which is literally on top. It is layered on top of the story subject matter. I just thought that was fascinating. Yeah, that is interesting. An interesting way they they went about that. So let's go ahead then and transition into the spoiler stuff. Fender furs. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? But so we'll go ahead and go into that. So again, if you don't want spoilers for this game, turn away now. You know, I've got the I've got the time stamps down below for the different sections, so you can skip ahead to our soundtrack spotlight and all that stuff. If you want at this point, but for now, yeah, it's spoiler spoiler time. So, and I was planning on this episode being longer because I knew yeah, there's a lot to unpack. It's going to be long. So let's get. So let's jump in. To this stuff, to the spoiler stuff. And you guys can go about that any way you want. If, you know, favorite moments from the game, uh, parts you didn't like specifically, different story things, just, you know, go crazy so, in all these worlds. Just going to pivot, pivot Pixel, just uh-huh. a little. <laughs> just a little. I'll, I'll just lean back and, and studiously listen. So I feel like I really want to hear your perspective first because I am likely to finish the game at some point, but... Mm-hmm. I, I will say right up front, I'm glad I rented the game rather than purchased it because mm-hmm. there definitely are parts of it that I've really enjoyed, primarily the gameplay, but the mm-hmm. story overall, I really kind of haven't been super wowed yet. And I often, maybe it's just because I'm old and bitter now. You never know. <laughs> maybe it's because I'm not the childlike pure heart of light that I used to be when I was a kid. Uh, mm-hmm. But I often find myself going through cutscenes and dialogue and just thinking god i wish they would speed this this up my Mm. problem is that i was always worried to hit the skip scene button which thank god they put that in there for starters because if you're trying to speed run it or even if you just played it before that's a fantastic Mm. feature that was not in kingdom hearts one let me tell you buddy that wasn't in there uh so I was worried about skipping scenes, though, because, yes, there are the Disney scenes, which are primarily about the movies and the subject matter that the different worlds are taking place in. But there's also all of the primary story of Kingdom Hearts, which has to do with the organization and what their ultimate goal is. And, of course, Xehanort's grand schemes, his just Mm. super villainy. I was always worried that an organization member would splice themselves right in to the scene and I would accidentally miss their input, which was honestly the stuff that I was much more interested in, even though a lot of it felt like 
catch up, I would say, because Sora himself has lost so many of his memories. He keeps yeah. encountering these new organization members only because he doesn't remember them. And right. I honestly did kind of find myself getting tired of that encounter after the first mm. couple of times that I saw it, just because I was like, all right, we've been through this, Sora. We know you've got no memories. Just be rolling with it faster than what you're doing now. <laughs> so uh, I think a lot of that may have been due to it's been a 10-year gap. They feel like maybe they need to put a little bit of refresher in here, but I kind of wanted to get your input on that and see what your hopefully more pure-hearted feelings were about this experience. <laughs> well, I can see how it can seem a bit tedious that like we keep having these scenes that seem like they don't go anywhere because we... I don't know if you would call Sora an unreliable narrator in the traditional sense, but in a way it is, but just because he, in a in the Kingdom Hearts sense of things has this kind of amnesia of not having memories from yeah. different times he's met or crossed paths with some of these people. Um, and I think I definitely, I think I saw like a lot of critique of that too, that like, wow, why aren't we getting to like the Kingdom Hearts lore stuff sooner? Um, but I mean, traditionally it's always been like that. I think people just forget or, um, they didn't think it would happen, but no. If you look at the other games too, like it's kind of Kingdom Hearts Three is kind of following the similar. Like you'll sprinkle the lore stuff throughout the first two thirds, and then in the last act, that's when it'll get lore heavy. But that you know you're mainly going through the Disney stories to reinforce the messages and concerns that are being sprinkled throughout. So to me, it wasn't really a surprise, and I kind of went in kind of expecting that so i didn't notice it too much or i didn't find it as jarring but um you're not alone i definitely saw a lot of people saying kind of similar things like why are we having these scenes again and stuff like that and again i i don't want to say that's necessarily a critique of the game from my part Mm -hmm. i genuinely do think part of it is just that my heart is like shriveled and black and i'm just (laughs) like your happiness makes me sad on the show just every time i swear (laughs) to christmas in the toy story level in particular which i actually really enjoyed Mm. i liked it a lot every single cutscene was about buzz and woody reinforcing their friendship with each other and i was like we freaking know (laughs) did they just say you got a friend in me every cutscene no but they were like i trust you man i trust you too and then the other one would be like I trust you, man. <laughs> I was just like, oh my God, stop talking. You've been friends since movie one. You've I don't think that's going to change movie now. One. We freaking know. <laughs> I was just so mad that they kept talking about it. But by the same token, I was like, this is what I expect from Kingdom Hearts. It has always been about this super overt celebration mm-hmm. of friendship. Mm-hmm. So yes. I was equal. It's never part- been very subtle. Yeah, no, it's not. A I think that's what I always liked about it. I think. You know, the subtlety has its place, and I can definitely appreciate it, but I am more of a fan of here is the metaphor. We're putting it right in front of you. We're going to trace it. We're going to put neon lights on it, too, to say... It's going to literally know, be the shape of a heart in the sky that lights up yeah, the whole sky like the moon. The and the sky, I both yeah. love and hate it. The love <laughs> part of me is like... Yes! A giant moon hard in the sky. I love it. And the other part of me is like, what is happening (laughs) right now? So it's definitely this, like, I feel 
like Riku must feel. I feel yeah. like I'm constantly at war with myself over, <laughs> do I hate it or do I love it? The jury is still out. And I do think that you brought up a good point of, I'm not finished with the game. Hmm. And I definitely do think that in order to get the full picture, especially if the majority of the lore, which is what I'm really interested in, is uh, end-loaded, I guess you could say. I, mm -hmm. I think that I do need to finish it before I can give a final opinion on it. Okay. So, so far what I've played, I love. I think that in terms of spoilers, most of what I personally have encountered so far is just based around the Disney movies. It's really not that spoilery in terms of the story of Kingdom Hearts 3. So for all of that, we're going to have to rely on this guy. All right. So what were some of your like highlights, or, I guess, or what, what moments of the story were stood out to you as being especially impactful or just special? I don't watch a lot of animated movies repeatedly, so going through these movies again essentially um, was really cool, and like that that was a fun part. Which I think a lot of people might have the opposite reaction. Like you mentioned, like you'd seen Tangled like five times, so it's like here we go again. And I think a lot of people say that same sentiment, like oh, like here we go again with Frozen and this and that, but. A lot of those I haven't seen in, like, literally years. So, for me, those were really fun and refreshing. Like, I, I'm almost thinking about Kingdom Hearts every day. So, the lore stuff, as much as I'm excited for that, like, I'm already kind of used to that and being in that and forums and this and that and, you know, theory videos. But then, like, oh, what? I, I haven't seen Frozen, the story, or Tangled since the release. So, seeing that again is really fun and exciting for me. So, that's kind of a bit of a departure from, I think, what normal people, or not what, what most people were excited about or found fun for it. But Quick for me, caveat yeah, to that. Reliving those stories again or seeing them happen again uh, was a lot of fun. And uh, I, it's, I don't know. I, I think I had like an opposite reaction where just being apart from these Disney stories for so long ended up uh, w playing through them again. I, I found them, I fell in love with them all over again, I guess you could say. Yeah, um, so I, was, I definitely really I, I definitely see where you're coming from. And I feel like that is the other perspective that we needed, because if it had just been me up here ranting about how like bitter <laughs> I am, it wouldn't have been any fun. <laughs> You've got to have somebody else on the other side of the table who has had a totally opposite experience. I have watched all of the Disney movies a thousand times and I'm not sorry. <laughs> but even so, hearing Elsa sing Let It Go again in Kingdom hearts i was like yes this is what i wanted <laughs> i mean i totally understand why this game does have such a big appeal because so many people do have it t just taps right into that childhood nostalgia that so many of mm -hmm. us do have especially for disney movies so real quick that brings up another very important half of the coin that i found notably lacking in Kingdom Hearts 3, and I don't know if it was just me or if that's something that's been the trend all along that I never really noticed. Mm -hmm. I It was... So Kingdom Hearts 3 has a ton of representation of the Disney movies, mm -hmm. but I was seeing none of the Final Fantasy representation. A lot of people made mention of that. Because and I, that is usually the pitch. I, Kingdom I, Hearts was Final Fantasy meets Disney. 
and um, I mean, the character designs Disney. are certainly very uh, Final Fantasy-esque for right. everyone that isn't Disney or Pixar-owned properties. But I was kind of wondering, like, where did everybody from, uh, what's it called, something, ba- Hollow Bastion. I was like, where's the whole crew from Hollow Bastion? Where's Cloud and Squall and Aerith? And I was actually really kind of bummed that I didn't encounter any of those characters, in least, at least in what I've played so far. And that's, I really kind of want to know why, and I have no additional information currently at this time on why that is. Uh, do you There's, have any theories? I think, go ahead. Oh, I, I didn't mean to interrupt. Uh, oh, no, I was asking, do you have any theories or input on that? So there are a few theories, and then a few... There's a few theories, and then a few... I don't know if theories is the word, but kind of like speculation or uh, conclusions being drawn. So we visit different uh, Disney worlds, right? Um, most In the other games, usually you would run into these Final Fantasy characters. Not in the Disney worlds, because, well, they don't belong there. Um, you would find them in these original Kingdom Hearts worlds. In Kingdom Hearts 1, you'd find a lot of Final Fantasy characters in Traverse Town. And then in uh, Kingdom Hearts 2, you found them, like you said, at Hollow Bastion. But And so you would assume in this timeline, that's where you would still find them. But by the nature of the game and what and where the story takes us, Sora never goes to those worlds. So it's kind of like, by default, I guess we wouldn't see them there unless you were to start putting more of them in the Disney worlds. But I feel like you already have these stories that are packed with the original Disney characters and we're already putting Sora, Donald, and Goofy and bosses in there. I could see how like it'd be like, wait, are we also going to squeeze Final Fantasy characters in there too? I guess that like is kind of one of those things that like, yeah, it would have been cool to have them in here, but it didn't make sense story wise. And where we have the way we've written the story, we just don't have Sora going to these worlds, which was like uh, something people mentioned and like, wait, why aren't we going to these worlds? Why aren't we going there? And um, there's not really an answer for that. The theory is like. Man, I can't believe we're talking about this spoiler stuff here. Like, the theory is that the next mainline or spinoff Kingdom Hearts will be a Square Enix-focused game. The what now? The next what now? (laughs) I thought we were done. (laughs) No, actually, uh, Nomura, the director and creator of Kingdom Hearts, has said, like, uh, a few times, which I could be getting it wrong it might be missed in translation obviously and people change their minds even so whatever he said back then he could he's in full right to change his mind or his direction or whatever but from what we've a lot of us in the community have been led to believe he had mentioned before um that kingdom hearts is a franchise and it will always keep going and Sora will always be the center of this oh, wow. kingdom hearts 3 is the end of the xehanort saga Oh, Much so like, maybe I've been uh, thinking Wars, about it all wrong. Like, so, like, like, no more Sora and this and these like characters and everything that are in here. Because who just who the does, main who does the voice uh, of Sora? Uh, something Olsen, Haley Joel Osment. Oh, hey, Haley, that's Joel, what okay, I said. Okay. <laughs> so, because I, I, I feel like I saw an article something about him talking about being doing the last time he was Sora. So maybe they're just changing actors, or it, it and could, I could so be wrong. It, I could so, have misread that. So. I hadn't heard that, but if he did say that he's never playing Sora again, the, the game has gone through different voice actors for different characters. He's been the one that's been there the whole time. Um, him and I think I think his name is David Gallagher, who played Riku, but very few of the characters have been throughout the whole series. So if he decided, he, I mean, he's pretty old. Yeah, yeah. you, you know, can so only play a 15-year-old for so long. <laughs> 
if you wanted to pass the voice to someone else as another a- actor, that that that's definitely a possibility. But uh, voice acting aside, Nomura has always said like Kingdom Hearts is an ongoing thing. Kingdom Hearts three is a big deal because we're finally putting a, a bow and, and and tying the strings on this villain's arc. Oh, okay. Every okay. every 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 main title and side story in the in the you know DS or whatever. Those have all been influenced through this one villain, this puppet master, and we're finally putting a close to that chapter. Uh, but there will still be more Kingdom Hearts games. Some of them will be mainline, some of them may be spinoffs and stuff like that. But uh, as far as the Xehanort saga, as they call it, or you know, they, that's the end of that's what Kingdom Hearts three is. But okay, there. that's actually There's some really helpful context to have. Yeah, yeah, that really is. And I did I googled it just to see if I was completely off base, but it was a GQ article that is that's titled Haley Joel Osment on playing a kid one last question mark time in Kingdom Hearts three. So okay, so they're not very they're teasing in that title. Yeah, as well. also yeah. speculating, speculating gotcha. that there could be more, and he might be done. Okay, so I, I knew I thought I had seen that, but wanted to be sure before I just spit lies um, out there. Yeah. So then, circling and, around to. Sort oh, I was going to just, oh, just go to ahead, throw sorry. more like uh, just wood on the fire. So the, another reason why people are speculating that the next Kingdom Hearts three will be what brings back all the Final Fantasy and stuff is that um, there is a secret ending to the movie. I don't know if I should talk about it because you're not there yet. That's okay. So I'm the kind of person who, even with massive story spoilers, I will still enjoy the game. You can okay. tell me all about it, and I'm still gonna love it. So go right ahead. Yeah, all right. So. And I don't care. There's a, so. <laughs> what was that? What was and that? I said, and I, it, it's not like, this is not a game that, it, some games, yes, I don't want any kind of spoiler at all. This one, I, I could probably, I'm, I'm okay with spoilers. So He'll go be right all right. ahead. I'll live. <laughs> all right. Um, well, the, red, the, the credits roll, the movie closes out, this and that. Thank you for coming. There's a secret ending where Sora finds himself in a strange new land. He looks around, he sees asphalt on the ground, neon lights, four-door sedans. Oh. Very familiar. And Japanese writing all around. And a giant towering building with the numbers 104 written at the top. Now, with the vague description I gave, you might guess he is in our world, maybe. Right. But that 104 takes it out of our world into a fictional version of our world. And that is the Nintendo interpretation of Shibuya from The World Ends With You. Oh, I was wondering about that. Because in the very beginning of Kingdom Hearts 3, one of the circling like panels of memories has a bunch of the characters from The World Ends With You. And I was like, what's that? Yeah, they uh, they made a very brief cameo appearance in uh, Dream Drop Distance, one of the one of the spinoff games, and uh, yeah, a lot of people were. Uh, so the shared DNA between Kingdom Hearts and World Ends with You is that the World Ends with You, even though it wasn't directed or exactly created by Tetsuya Nomura, he provided a lot of the uh, character designs, and I think he also, I think the team that he had worked with before made that team. So there's a lot of shared DNA there. Even though it's not exactly a Tetsuya Nomura game, his name is definitely usually associated with that. Okay. Um, and it's so much so that, you know, those characters made the way into Kingdom Hearts. And so we're kind of seeing that come around full circle or whatever you want to call it. Because, yeah, like, you know, not only is he in a place that looks like Japan, there's this very specific landmark that is very clearly world ends with you. Another thing is that we see... So, um, in how did... 
Do you remember how the Toy Story world started? Uh, yeah, with them um, talking about how their friends had disappeared because their world had essentially. No, I mean been... literally the cutscene that oh, starts. Oh, the cutscene? The... No. You didn't see the fake Final Fantasy trailer? Yes! Oh my god, I was freaking out. Okay, so I need to I actually wanted to bring this up because it blew my mind when it happened. They totally got me. I thought that it was like the new wave of video game marketing where like somehow they had spliced in a literal commercial for a totally different video game and I was like, "Oh my god, the future is now and I hate it." I was about to say that would have made everybody really mad or they would have been like, "This is funny this I one was, time i was so confused and then like it did it kind of um i don't i don't wide screened out and yeah. you were yeah. in a room and i think it was uh rex dinosaur yeah, rex. sure I, I forget what his name is um he's playing a video game and it's like the commercial for the video game and i was like oh okay i got gotcha. you but at first i was real mad <laughs> and then i was like okay so that's uh, gonna that's be funny. a new thing so the characters that show up in that fake trailer also show up in this world that, you know, Sora finds himself in. Oh. And the fake trailer that plays during the Toy Story world has a lot of uncanny similarity to the original trailers that came out for Versus 13 before it had become transformed into Final Fantasy 15. Um there was a completely different direction with what those characters would be doing and what that game would be like. And so, and that was originally going to be directed by Tetsuya Nomura, creator, creator of Kingdom Hearts, until it went and passed on to Hajime Tabata that turned it into Final Fantasy XV. So, like, the kind of theory is that um, that trailer was Nomura being like, hey, I still had this story I wanted to tell. And that secret ending is like, hey, he might just tell it now. You know, and everybody's always wanted a sequel to The World Ends With You. Uh, we got the Switch re-release recently. Right. Um, but before that, we'd only gotten like a mobile port. And people really love, I really loved The World Ends With You. So the fact that Sora is now in a very cool HD looking version of that. And we've got this kind of rebirth of what the Versus 13 was going to be like. A lot of people, like myself included, I'm on the bandwagon of thinking that the next Kingdom Hearts, whether it's a full-on number four or a spin-off, will probably have much more Square Enix influence. Um, so I think we'll finally see those characters again there. I didn't know any of that, like broader context, and now I am so glad that I know it because one of my favorite parts about the Toy Story level were the use of mechs, because even though you're shrunk down to toy size, Sora can actually inhabit these toy mechs mm -hmm. that are from this other video game that is in that's uh, presented in the Toy Story level. Uh, and then you actually briefly get transported into the game itself and you get to like play through a mock level and I was like I love being in mechs I love this kind of game so yeah. if that winds up being a broader mechanic of hopefully a future Kingdom Hearts game I would totally be on board with that 100% yeah so we'll we'll see that hopefully anyone who missed Final Fantasy characters making their appearance in 3 will hopefully have that redeemed in whatever comes next Fantastic. So we are running a little short on time now. We're going a little long. So summarizing then, you mentioned earlier tying a bow on the package of the storyline of Xehanort. So at the ending of Kingdom Hearts 3, would you say that your expectations were met or exceeded by the ending that you got? They were like 
Well, as far as expectations, I didn't know what to expect, but it did meet most of my expectations. A few things didn't play out quite how I thought, but as far as like having a conclusion for how everyone, so Zaynor just keeps leaving tragedy wherever he goes and just destroys families, destroys friendships and that's usually how most of these games end. And going into three, the expectation, or at least the hope is, I hope all these pieces that are up in the air will land, you know, where they should, you know, and finally have a little peace. And um, I don't know. So as far as how a lot of the stories ended up playing out, I'm like pretty satisfied. Like, oh, cool. We did get endings for these characters who we were not really sure would even show up in the story, let alone would we get an ending with them. And I'd say as as far as like those loose ends goes with characters, like we get a lot of like, that's like, we get a, a pretty nice little epilogue, not epilogue, but a final scene. Cause there is actual scene called an epilogue, which has nothing to do with all that. But, um, uh, by the end of it, we do feel pretty satisfied with, with most of the characters and knowing, okay, this is what life is like for them now. And, and, there's only a few mysteries left, but those are mysteries that you can only assume will be explored in other games. Uh, the the threads left open are all threads that actually have connections to the Kingdom Hearts mobile game, which is still receiving story updates. So, in addition to the whole Square Enix side of things, uh, you know, people are also thinking that that's where we'll also tie up whatever loose ends were left from the mobile game and. Um, um, whatever few bits of stories didn't get resolved in three, but most of, most of the big pieces of what people wanted to see, you know, come to a conclusion did meet some form of of satisfying conclusion in three. Good to know. Good to know. Indeed. All right. Well, I think, have we exhausted the extent? Surely not. I'm sure (laughs) that you, yeah, you guys can keep going for forever and ever and ever. We certainly could, but I have to say like, this is, for someone who knows nothing about this, this was incredibly helpful. And like, I'm actually, my interest in it is raised from what it was. Will I still ever play it? I don't know. I'm not going to lie. I genuinely think you would not like it. And that's where I still land. Yeah. I understand it better and I have a better appreciation for it and how incredibly intertwined and engaging this story is. I have incredible respect for that, especially after watching that video <laughs> oh, and God. hearing both of your summaries on these games. Uh, but yeah, it's still just for me, doesn't look like it's going to be necessarily something that I will enjoy. I mean, but you're at least not I a massive fan of JRPG mechanics. Right. And when you combine that with what I feel are story aspects that I also think you wouldn't really gel super well with, yeah. you're not into the anime like some of us. Yeah, are. no, not a. And it does kind of carry a lot of themes and characterizations, I suppose, that you would be a little bit more familiar with Mm -hmm. if you were fans of that kind of media. So I think that you personally, you might not like it. And considering how very many games you would have to catch up on, your backlog does not need help. You've got (laughs) enough. (laughs) You don't need any more. I would say if of any of them, if I ever did try to play them, it would be three. Because I feel like, especially with the Disney movies that I am also very familiar with, because you're saying like you get into Cook with Remy from Ratatouille. 
Ratatouille. Ratatouille oh, is like so one fun. of my favorite Pixar yeah, movies. It's fantastic. It's what amazing. I actually really love that they kept, I guess, canon in Kingdom Hearts is he doesn't actually talk because oh. you're humans and you can't talk to him. And I was like, this is awesome. He's not supposed to be able to talk to you. That's cool. Even what's his face from the movie couldn't actually understand Remy. Good for them. Yeah, I don't remember what that dude's name is. It it's also may have been it. that they couldn't afford Patton Oswalt to come back and reprise his role as Remy. I should ask him. He's on the Twitter. <laughs> they, they, they usually get pretty nice uh, voice impersonators for the. That's you know, true. Not Robin Williams, not Johnny Depp to play their characters. Uh, props to James Woods though, who always, almost always comes back, you know, to actually play uh, Hades. Yeah, oh, he does, right. and which really makes it great because you really hate Hades, <laughs> like through all of the all the games. I don't feel like he's necessarily supposed to be a stand-up. Guy. Oh, he's not. <laughs> My Lee. Uh, never mind. This is getting very off topic, but. Uh, I- kind of trying to wrap this up um thank you so much for all of your super insightful input oh, yeah. i feel like i've definitely Excellent. i've learned a lot I've and i've even so much sort of played the games <laughs> and this this does actually uh, make for me some additional interest in the auxiliary games because i feel like maybe that's where i might find those story elements that i feel like i might be missing out on so maybe i will actually go back and play some of those i love me a good jrpg and it would be nice to have more context around Kingdom Hearts 3, and I do definitely plan to finish it. So thank you so much for all of your fantastic discussion about this game. It's Absolutely. been a lot of fun, and I, I never get tired of talking Kingdom Hearts, so it's, it was been it was I know, because, like, I can't remember if I asked at the beginning, but, but, like, how many shows I've seen from your Twitter, following your Twitter, like, how many shows have you done so far, people wanting your, your expert opinion on this game? Like, I know I we're not the only ones. opinion, because there are some... And these are like, I've got some personal friends, not even just like, oh, I saw so-and-so on the internet, but like, I have some like friend friends that just like, they know it so much deeper than I do. Um, so I, that's why I'm also just, uh, every, everyone should be interviewing and talking to these guys. So I, <laughs> that's why I feel just no, so dude, fortunate you did an amazing to get job. a chance to, to share my voice a little bit about how much I love the game and what I think about and stuff. Um, but so far, yeah, it's been, I keep hoping to keep doing more of these and uh, I'm actually... Uh, I'm I'm trying not to get too much off talk talk off topic, but probably by the time you release this, when's this for coming out? Uh, this will be so we're recording it today. Is the it'll be the nineteenth, eleventh? So yeah, the nineteenth. This yeah. will go out. Yeah, actually, it should be announced by the fifteenth. Um, I'm gonna start a new Twitter account. It's actually technically already started. You can follow it now if you wanted, Ooh. and it's just called Pixel Brave KH, and it's just dedicated to only Kingdom Hearts content. Oh, that's awesome. I, that is awesome. Everybody, when, go when follow it. Kingdom, Pixel Brave KH. When, yeah, when playing Kingdom Hearts 3, like I said, I started shooting my reactions to different things, and I just found that really, like, fun. And I don't usually make a lot of game content. Like, usually, like I said, it's event videos that I do. But right. I had a lot of fun, and I kept writing out different drafts of what would be story summaries, and I'm like, why don't I do something with all these things? And so, yeah, I, now I'm twitter.com slash pixelbravekh that's where you can find me i'm gonna be putting uh video summaries for different games i want to do just character videos just like this is what i think of roxas this is what i think of sora and um post some of my favorite reactions that i posted like i cried at the end of the intro for kingdom hearts 3 i'll be posting that like that's awesome just different little reactions that i had and uh that is just gonna be a hub just for all the kingdom hearts stuff that i love i know sometimes people don't like to see it flooding their feed so that's why i'm just making a whole separate 
space for that. I will 100% follow for the character videos because I feel like there's so many characters that I totally don't understand, but who I love, Mm -hmm. question mark, and I really (laughs) want to know more about them. So that's awesome. So that, yeah, so everybody, so this is the 19th in when this episode's out. So like he said, this is out already. You can go subscribe or go follow this uh, over on Twitter at PixelBraveKH. So give him a follow if you love Kingdom Hearts or even if you don't love Kingdom Hearts because he's a great guy. Right now it's bare bones because I don't want people to, you know, get spoiled on something. I, I started posting like a few screenshots, but I was like, yeah. wait, people are still playing the game. I made it when I was having the Japanese release, which was a few days earlier than the U.S. And I was oh. like, no, 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 I got to stop. I, gotta stop. <laughs> I even like locked the page, but now it should be open. I'm starting to take a, a few requests and stuff like that. But hopefully by the time this releases, yeah, I'll be in kind of full swing starting up on um, just little fun posts. Awesome. Awesome. Well, can't wait to, to look into that uh, as you create and post more into that channel. But before we go, we do have to do our soundtrack spotlight for this week, which I'm going to let Mogan take over here because, as you would have guessed, it's from Kingdom Hearts. So what I'm, song we got for us this week? Well, what else can you say about the music of Kingdom Hearts than you have to have the name association with Utada Hikaru. Mm-hmm. She's the one who did the OG uh, theme for Kingdom Hearts, and she's back again with the theme for Kingdom Hearts 3. I actually don't know what the title of it is. I just call it Main Theme. <laughs> sure I can is. step in. I can step in. <laughs> What's it called? She, yeah, so Kingdom Hearts 1, she provided the awesome track, Simple and Clean, then came back in Kingdom Hearts 2 with uh, Sanctuary, and then in 3, she came not with one, but two songs. Oh, wow. The intro song and outro song, uh, the intro song of Face My Fears and the outro song of Don't Think Twice. Both very beautiful and unique uh, songs, very different from each other, but still both very appropriate for this game. We're so going with the intro fe- song. Oh, the, the intro. Oh, yeah, I thought you were going to say the end. No, so Face My Fears. Face My Fears. Awesome. Yeah, so I, I'm so glad that she's back for the music because I think people are going to love this track. Really excited about it. That's awesome. That's fantastic. Well, with that, though, that brings this episode of Team Chat Podcast to a close. I'm one of your hosts, Jarrett Wilson, joined by Rachel Mo. And Adios. again, over the power of the internet, our friend Christian Puente, a.k.a. Pixel Brave. So. My friends are my power. <laughs> <laughs> you don't, don't laugh. Go. You don't get it. I'm your sorry, friends are your power. But I like the statement. <laughs> <sighs> <laughs> Call me out on my nerddom that I'm not That's okay. Upon. You can be part of our friendship, I guess. <laughs> so what, wait, what's it from? Shut up. It's from Kingdom Hearts. Anyways, oh. bye. Oh, I should have guessed that. <laughs> <laughs> but with that everybody come back next week for another new episode on a fun gaming topic until then we'll see you next time stick around for the song let me face, let me face, let me face.